in your opinion, what separates people from because I believe that this is my opinion. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong here. Go people for it. are part, <laughs> people are part-time coaches because they can't create a full-time income with it. Look, I think in any business, it's important to have multiple income streams. And and studies do show that uh, I think it was something like 80% of coaches tend to have a second uh, income stream in some form, whether they're consulting yep. or they've got a separate business. Um, I think the biggest gap that I see with people is they don't want to let go of the security of a full-time income. I think that's the biggest thing. So they're, and, and look, I, I was there. Yeah, they're, they're very reliant on uh, a paycheck and not having to be 100% responsible for the money coming into their business. So when they get to that stage where they're like, hey, look, to grow this, I need to quit my job to make coaching my job, uh, it's, it, that, that creates a big void. Great. So we've got Jim here. Jim, how you doing? Good, mate. How are you? Good. Not too bad for, what is it, Thursday morning here in Sydney? Yes, I know. It's um, Thursday morning, Wednesday morning. Mate, don't scare me. Wednesday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Whereabouts are you in Australia? Melbourne, so Macedon Ranges. Uh, So, yeah, just um, northwest of Melbourne, wine wine and and forest country. Beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to have you on. Um, Obviously, I found you on your website and we reached out and had the chat and everything. But to begin, let's start with, I guess, your journey or, or, you know, a bit about what you do. Yeah, for sure. So I'm a business coach for coaches. So I'm, I'm one of those coaches, coaching coaches, um, but I come from a very different angle. So I uh, worked in operations, sales and management, really big corporate companies, uh, got incredibly burnt out, which is what the new book is about, but essentially decided to uh, find a job that fit around my life. Started working with a life coach, said, hey, this guy's awesome. This is what I want to be doing. So studied to become a coach, got fully ICF accredited, uh, NLP, hypnosis, you name it, I've done it, and met a ton of coaches that were amazing coaches but couldn't build their business. And that was when I decided, hey, look, I want to get into this industry. The big thing for me, I guess, I found was that a lot of the coaches, coaching coaches in the industry aren't doing it correctly. So they're teaching people uh, what they've done to succeed and sort of cookie cutter methods. So we really wanted to have a tailored approach. So we now run a program called Level Up. Uh, Got about 120 coaches that we're working with at the moment, supporting them to take the next steps in their uh, business to create a business that fits around the life that they want to live. Beautiful. Let's start with some definitions. So what is ICF for those that don't know? Great, great question. Um, the International Coaching Federation. So the ICF are a core body. They've been around for about 30 years and they essentially benchmark and standardize coaching programs. So I now uh, mentor for them, train for them as well. Beautiful. And what makes it different to someone becoming a coach? Uh, look, I think a lot of people become coaches not understanding what coaching is. So they put on the mentor hat, the trainer hat, the uh, you know, the, the teacher hat, so to speak. And, and those modalities are very different to what coaching is in its purest form. So while we wear those hats, really clearly understanding how you can empower people by helping them help themselves uh, is probably one of the biggest gaps that I see from a coach that 
just wakes up in the morning and calls himself a coach <laughs> to a coach that's actually been trained uh, and, and understands how it all works. That's great. And the reason that this appealed to me in the first place is because I've dealt with a lot of coaches in my life. And by a yep. lot, I mean a lot. Probably not as much as you, but a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, in all different avenues and just this through friendships and community, but also in my work as well. Mm -hmm. And um, when I speak to coaches, obviously there's a qualification process and whatnot, but the biggest thing that I come across is that people who are, let's say they have a full-time job or part-time job, then they're a coach on the side or they, they do, um, let's say they've got a, a you know, they do a, a business, like I'm a business coach because people are asking me for advice all the time. Um, in your opinion, what separates people from, because I believe that this is my opinion. You can tell me if I'm right, wrong here. People are part-time <laughs> part coaches because they can't create a full-time income with it. Look, I think in any business, it's important to have multiple income streams and, and studies do show that uh, I think it was something like 80% of coaches tend to have a second uh, income stream in some form, whether they're consulting yeah. or they've got a separate business. Um, I think the biggest gap that I see with people is they don't want to let go of the security of a full-time income. I think that's the biggest thing. So they're, and, and look, I, I was there. Yeah. They're, they're very reliant on uh, a paycheck and not having to be 100% responsible for the money coming into their business. So when they get to that stage where they're like, hey, look, to grow this, I need to quit my job to make coaching my job, uh, it's, it, that, that creates a big void and it's, and it's very hard to jump over that step to get moving and to um, really scale. And I think that's the biggest thing is that when you actually take that step and you jump off the cliff, and you take your own advice <laughs> and choose the hard path, mm -hmm. um, that's usually when the real magic happens. Mm. And speaking to that magic, like, let's just run through a scenario. Someone has decided to bite the bullet. What are some of the biggest mistakes that coaches or even just people in business make when they take that jump? The biggest thing that I see is exactly why I've created my business, which is a lot of people... Uh, two things. One, a lot of people follow what they're told to do because that's what someone else has done, that it doesn't necessarily fit into their business, their audience, um, how they want their life to look. You know, there's all of these other factors that you've got to cater in before you start adopting somebody else's strategy. Um, I think the other thing is, is that they go to the old school methods without knowing uh, exactly how to market to their clients. So as an example, a lot of the coaches that I train turn around to me and go, Jim, you know, I'm working on my website. I've just printed my business cards. Um, you know, I'm putting posters and stuff up, like all this sort of thing. And it's like, great, awesome, you're doing this work, but is this work actually going to get you clients? And, you know, I, I can speak to that myself. Like when I first started studying coaching, spent two weeks straight uh, building a website that I never used. Right, because and that was my first hard lesson. When you build a website online, people don't just magically find it. <laughs> um, you've got to pay for ads. You've got to direct people there. You know all that sort of stuff. And when you've got platforms like you know LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Facebook, like there's so many options now where there's platforms that have billions of users already visiting there every single day. Um, why not use those? I agree with you entirely. And yeah. on that first part around, you know, taking cookie cutter advice, 
there's so much information out there in the world when it comes to how to do a business, right? And it's great, you know, it's encouraging, but you might see some Gary Vee stuff and like hustle, you know, do 16 hour days and just you have to do that for 10 years straight. And it's all about patience and all these things. And and I hear the message in that. But what I hear as well, and you can probably attest to this, mm. is specific knowledge for a specific person in a specific part of their life. Yeah. And this is what the utility of what a coach is, right? And just generally speaking, is that they will tailor an approach to your specific uh, circumstances, right? So I yeah. work with a coach, right? I got a coach that um, a whole bunch of things that he does for me, but mainly to do with like life coaching. Yeah. And, you know, when I first started working with him, it was, uh, you know, he's very, very skeptical. Like, oh, I don't know about this. He's not a psychologist. But they're two different things, right? And we can speak about that as well. Very different, yeah. Yeah, but but the first thing I noticed was that rather than me picking up a book and hearing information in there, which I think is a good practice in your mind to always say like, okay, where does this apply in my life? But rather than picking up a book, I had someone knowing my specific circumstances, asking what my goals and what my desires are and pointing out where the things that I'm doing are actually not what I should be doing to get that way. That makes sense. Correct. And straight away, it's like this huge pivot. It was like, wow, okay, I need to be focusing on this category of my life and to be doing this. And even though in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't want to do this because it feels a bit funny. It feels a bit awkward. That is what gets me the result. Um, yeah. So I think that's a huge realization on, on the, the information piece. Yeah, look, I mean, the, the beautiful thing about coaching is that the less, um, and it sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but the, the less you do as a coach, the more effective a coach you are. And, and this shows in the International Coach Federation training, right? Like they have three different levels, just quickly for those that don't know, you know, three different levels in the ICF and you submit a recording essentially to be assessed to get those levels, right? That's part of the assessment. Um in the initial stages when you're early days, you're allowed to speak like 40% of the time during the recording. The client speaks 60. When you're hitting the top levels as a, um, they call it an MCC. So like as a master coach, you're only allowed to speak 10% of the conversation. Yeah. Wow. So the, the beautiful thing that that shows people is, hey, look, you know, you need to step into the coaching space knowing that your clients aren't broken, like they don't need to be fixed. They know what they need to do you're just facilitating the commitment and the focus to help them get to where they want to be. Like that's the the biggest part of it. So, you know, obviously people don't know what they don't know and there's mentoring and, and things that you can add into that. But the, the the true coaching format is helping people figure out themselves what they need to do next. And that comes from powerful questions, right? Exactly. Yeah. So coming back to that person who's, you know, like they've, they've started the, the, they want to do a coaching, they want to do a business, um, but specifically coaching mm. and they build the website, they made it all fancy. You know, they've, they've spent all these hours trying to figure out how to use Wix, realizing Wix is not customizable and so forth. So I think I yep. lost you there. Your camera's just turned off by the way. Oh, hang on. I'll flick it. I'm good. There, there we go. go. Got you back. Um, cool. <laughs> um, so they've created the website. And so the next thing you were saying there is, generating leads to those website you mentioned advertising you mentioned uh you know using maybe google ads and you know youtube ads and things like that yeah um what else is there run me through that scenario um uh look there's the thing with marketing is that there's so many different options and sure. it it comes down to not just how you want to market yourself i think that's one of the most crucial things is people go right how do i find clients and they just splat a gun across every single platform and every possible place they could be. Um, 
once you really know your niche, you know where they hang out and you could find one simple channel and just work on one platform that gets you your entire um, business going. Yeah. So as an example, I built a six-figure business using nothing but LinkedIn. That's the only platform that I worked on um, pre-COVID when everybody started selling on there and it became a pain in the ass to do anything on there. Um, but, but LinkedIn was the only place I was. Yeah. Um, these days, you know, most of our clients hang out on Facebook. So that's where we hang out now. And we've got a great Facebook community and we provide a ton of value in there to build that rapport and help people see that we can help them. Um, I think one of the, the really cool transitions that I've seen lately that will help people watching this is, um, is local area stuff. So developing partnerships, um, you know, speaking to people kind of partly how we've connected, you know, talking to people that have your audience and going, Hey, look, um, I can help you. You can help me. How can we grow our business together? I think that's a really beautiful way to operate at the moment, especially for that small group of people that feel like they aren't uh, social media or tech savvy um, and they're trying to build their business up. Um, I am a huge believer of staying in your genius zone. So figure out what you like to do. Co coaches, we tend to love having conversations. Um, so, you know, build your business with that tool and then find somebody that's an expert in the other stuff to do it for you. That's great. And that's huge what you said there. I just want to highlight that start bit, which is going to where your audience is, right? So that means when one starts something, right? So going back even before the website, you don't need a website. You don't need to have all these fancy bells and whistles. Please don't one could earn your money on a website. <laughs> yeah. Anyone in business has done that. Every, I think everyone does it in business because it yeah. feels like this thing, like you're like, oh, I'm building a website and it's like this thing outside of me and it's like this, you, you kind of feel more professional. And, and look, well, and, and that's the thing is you've hit the nail on the head. Like I talk to so many clients that are like, the first thing I need to do is build my website. Can you help me with my website? And, it's, Same. and we've actually gotten to a stage now where we just give it to them. To, to to shut them up is the wrong word, but but to give them the tick like that checkbox that, that they mm -hmm. need. Um, so we've actually created a platform called Coach Kit. Um, it's got templates, tools, everything in there. Uh, yeah. And we, when people sign up with us, we go, hey, look, we'll just give this to you for free. Don't waste money on you know Kajabi or all those other expensive programs and platforms save that money, invest it in ads or invest it with us, you know, or anything like that, um, we're going to give you a website. And they build a website in a week with the templates that we give them. Um, and then we can get into the real work. Like what's, you know, okay, cool. Let's get the niche right. Let's get the audience right. And, and sure enough, and I'm sure you see this as well, two to three weeks in about on of doing that work, they turn around and they go, oh, crap, I've got to rebuild my website and change the copy. And <laughs> like when they actually start doing the stuff, you know, they realize that, that they should have done it in the other way. But I think um, a big thing that we've had to acknowledge is sometimes you just have to give people what they need uh, or what they think they need, I should say, to help them figure out what they really need, like what that next step is. Yeah, and there's there's resource cost, right? Which is, do I want to spend, you know, uh, a two hours sales call convincing this person that a website's not important? Like Correct. sometimes it's just easier, like you just said then, right? Which um, yeah, and that's the thing is, I'd much prefer to just spend the money on this platform, give it to them for free, so that we yeah. can actually get them to move forward, um, than be hitting my head against a brick wall, going, "Look, this is what you need to do next." Yeah, I hear you. 
I yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to so someone's uh you know they've 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 uh how'd you put it? They've skipped to the website. They've got. I'm just running through a scenario of someone starting this process because I'd love to to get into the brass tacks of it. Mm. So someone doesn't have a website. They've found like they're they're kind of they have an idea in their mind of where they think they should be speaking to people, right? So for example, one might start a podcast. They might start speaking to clients and people that they would be able to connect connect and network with, right? Like yeah. we we have here. Yeah. Um, what are some key questions? And it could be a handful. It could be a bunch that you already know that one should ask to, I guess, find their niche to, to just in general, what are some questions that you might go towards? Uh, oh, I, I do so much of this work. I've, I've actually just come back from Tokyo. Um, the first thing that I want to tell everybody that's that's listening to this is that the niche problem never finishes, right? Progress, not perfection. It's always evolving. I coached uh, a guy in Tokyo who's doing 30 mil a year on niche. So he came up to me, he's like, Jim, like I'm stuck with this. We, we, we were at a mastermind and he'd heard me talking to somebody else. He's like, maybe you can help. Um, and he wanted doing 30 mil a year and he wanted to have a chat about niche. Cool. So team, it never goes away. Um, the, the biggest thing I think for people that I work with that, that you need to understand is that A, you're a business, not a charity. So you need to have uh, a niche that makes you money. And then if you've got a passion niche, like if you want to, you know, when I first started, I wanted to support people going through drug, drug addiction. That was my thing because of my background. Um, problem with that was that my clients were too busy spending money on drugs. They didn't have money to spend on coaching, right? So that became a passion project. So that's the first thing is the niche that you're looking at, are they actually going to make money? Um, can you actually find them? I think is the biggest one. So is it really easy to identify where they hang out, how you can talk to them, how you can reach out to them? And uh, I'll do two more. Are you actually going to enjoy working with them every day? Probably the other one. <laughs> um, I'll give you an example. I met an amazing guy in the US that I was working with um, in Level Up and he wanted to help people going through divorce worked on it for ages, got everything set up, started working with clients. And he's like, Jim, I've got to change because I've actually realized I don't want to have to revisit my divorce every single day. Yeah. And, and, and people, you know, we give a lot to our clients, right? So it pulls, it was pulling him down every day and he ended up moving into, you know, what to do after the divorce, like how to, you know, become yourself again. And he, and that transition was great. Um, the final thing that you need to ask is, which we touched on it before, is what do you think, what do they think they need? I think this is a big gap that people do with their marketing. Um, they go, right, I'm the coach, I'm the expert, I know what you need, so this is what I'm going to market to you. I see it all the time with people that, that train in NLP, um, so neuro-linguistic programming, one of the tools. Um, all they want to sell is NLP because they know how amazing it is, but their clients have no idea what it is and they don't know that it can help. So the, the most crucial question that you need to ask yourself is what do my clients think they need? And that's what you sell. Mm. You give them whatever you need to give them once they purchase, but you're selling what they think they need to get them mm. to the program. So you mean more specifically around the wording of what it is? So let's say, for example, you're a neuro-linguistic neuro program expert, hypnotherapy, all these things, rather than saying, oh, like, look at these flashy things that I do. It's like we help people uh, move through addiction 
in 10 days or something like that? Is it is it creating offering? Is that what you're referring to more specifically? Tools, tools and resources is one example. So so don't sell the stuff that only you understand. So language is a big part of it. Um, but the website thing is a perfect example, right? People buy our program because they want to build a website. And I go, hey, we'll give you this for free, right? It would normally cost you seven grand from a web developer to build your website. I'm going to throw this in if you join the program. I know that's not what they need straight away, but they think it's what they need straight away. So that's mm. what you're selling. So it's part of your offer. Um, and I'm not saying give them stuff that they that they aren't going to utilize. Like obviously people, you know, the, the coaches that we work with do eventually end up needing a website when they're making 10, 20K a month, right? Um, but the the benefit and the need and the reason they want to purchase where they believe the value is, that's what you need to sell. Mm. And I want to come back to what you said before about um, uh, what was that thing that you mentioned before? Give me one second. It'll come to my mind. So, um, ah, that's what it is. Cool. So finding your ideal client. So you find your niche, right? Yeah. Now the big problem that I see with entrepreneurs and coaches is that they will forfeit their niche for cash flow. Mm -hmm. How important is it to balance those two? Like, is it, if one was that situation where they're like, I know my niche, I know there's a market there. It's going to take a bit of time for me to, you know, build that clientele up. Mm -hmm. Should I just get a part-time job or should I, should I just take on any work? I've got all my friends asking me for this. I've got this random person over here showing interest. What, what would you do in that situation? Would you just do everything? <laughs> uh, no, definitely don't do everything, especially if you're just starting out because it usually means you're a one-person show and that's going to lead to burnout and that's probably not why you decided to start your own business. Um, look, I think it comes back to what I mentioned before that, that to have a business, you need to have money. Like that needs to be one of the, 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 the flows uh, and I'm a huge believer that for you to show up 150% for your clients, you have to fill your cup first. Cool. Um, having said that, money is just a resource, right? So whatever a comfortable lifestyle looks like for you, you've got to get that right so that you can really help and support your clients to create the transformation that they want. So you know, it, it, it plays in, it's it's quite an open question because it plays into so many things. Like for some people, financial security is a huge part of them filling their cup. So getting the part-time job is going to help them do that while they're trying to figure out the clients. However, you and I know that if you put the work in and you actually do the stuff and you nail the messaging, we've had clients make 10 grand in two weeks. You know what I mean? Like I had one client recently that um, that had the security issue. Yeah, she had that financial security issue. She was in a job for six months working with us. The job was consuming her. She wasn't getting anything done. And she finally took the leap. Uh, we came up with an idea of, hey, look, quit your job and then go back to the same business and consult to them. <laughs> and the Love funny it. thing was it worked, right? She quit a job where she was making five grand a month, turned around to them and said, hey, um, I know I've left, but I'd still love to work with you in my new company. Would you hire me? They signed a contract, 15 grand a month for six months. So she tripled wow. her income. <laughs> she tripled her income by going from employee to consultant. That's great. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Similar story for me, right? So I was working at, uh, so I was doing some social media stuff on the side, doing like sponsored posts and that whole thing and making a bit of coin there. But, um, 
I started working for this, uh, like I guess you'd say small to medium sized business mm-hmm. doing education and things like that. And I was working in there and, um, they were doing with a, a marketing agency, um, mm. and they were doing, uh, like, you know, weekly calls and, and for me, like I had experience doing social media and I, you know, I'd, I'd done reels, I've done the hundred thousand views and the, the millions of reach and all that kind of stuff in three or four months space and, and time. And. I was in this meeting with this marketing team because I was doing the sales and marketing for the business, the, mm. the more in-house stuff. And I'm sitting there and this marketing team is like, oh, yeah, we need to do more. S- like we need to change the SEO. We need to add, uh, I forget what it was at the time, like Google Google My Business, um, yeah. add uh, keywords where it was. I forget what the terminology was, but um, they just kept talking about SEO and like all these things. And I'm like, I'm sitting there like, have you guys thought about helping the person who owns this business who has a very reputable name generally speaking in the industry yeah has, it has a is a phd in education have you thought about building this person a personal brand like building doing content for them and growing their personal brand and doing more social media content and i'm like are you guys doing any social media content like oh no we're just doing like you know google ads we tried the social media stuff doesn't work i'm sitting there i'm like holy crap i'm like <laughs> so then i say to the person who runs a business i was working closely with yeah you got you don't need these guys like get them to do your seo stuff like i don't know about that but let me just do your content for you let me just i'll just start doing the video editing and all that kind of stuff because i was doing it myself at that time yeah and um so that's how the idea of this what i'm doing now which is you know helping people and again the whole niche thing i've changed back and forth and changed here and there i've made all the, the silly mistakes of like generalizing and doing everyone doing websites doing this which i have learned very clearly now it's the wrong thing to do yeah but um that all came from seeing and need from my from the person I was working with in their business mm. and realizing I can do this for you. Yeah. Now, I didn't sign them as as a client, but I signed multiple other people based on that model mm. of like so many businesses out there. They don't and it's 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 shocking, right? You can probably speak to this as well. Yeah. It's so shocking how uh there's so much space and so much money out there for people to spend on their business. How they don't know like a lot of older generations as well don't understand this whole social media thing there's this huge gap for for the business there yeah look the the big thing that i see is is social media gets such a terrible rap and the and and for some reason i don't understand why but for some reason it is so forefront with people maybe because it's tech and it's scary in itself um but people you know this is something else that you learn when you study coaching right we are hardwired to look at the negative yeah negative yeah, so if you and and what you focus on is what you get. So if you keep telling yourself I suck at social media, social media isn't going to work, then it is going to suck. It's not going to work. You're not going to learn how to use it. Yeah, whereas you know, you and I have learned social media by going, "Hey, look, this thing is kind of cool. Let's just check it out." Um and and it's just really interesting the things that people tell themselves. Like I've had clients turn around and go, "Oh, you know, I don't want to work on social media because I saw this news article and, um, you know, there's lots of kids getting bullied on social media at the moment. So I'm not <laughs> going to use Facebook because kids are getting bullied on social media. And it's like, well, great. So are you not going to send your kids to school because kids get bullied at school? Like it's just this weird phenomenon where, well, it's, it's not a phenomenon. I mean, it's we're hardwired to do it. But, but you know, you see something as bad, your brain wants to prove to you that this is bad so you look for whatever you can to affirm that belief um that just pushes you away from opportunity to be completely honest yeah and to to time that as well it's not like 
social media is such a big thing. It's like saying like, oh, Google doesn't work. It's like, what do you, what part of Google? What are you talking about? Like, you're talking mm. about the YouTube search function. You're talking about SEO. You're talking about ranking. Are you talking about what? What are you talking about? Like, it's just so broad to say the whole thing doesn't work or the whole thing does this or that. And again, speaking to the niche, like, and it's like, what works for me and what works for my specific uh, clients and where can I find them? Where do they live? What yeah. approach do I take? How do I message them? Right? Like I, I get so many, I mean, you probably get it as well. I get so many LinkedIn messages every single day with like stock messages. Hi, are you looking to do stuff for your social media? I'm like, that's my business. So what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Look, it's it's one of the things that killed LinkedIn, um, and it's and it's one of the things that drives me absolutely bonkers every single day because there are right ways to engage with people and wrong ways, and it's the same thing. I mean, like it's it's no different to receiving junk email in your letterbox, right? It's no different to a sales guy, you know, someone that now that obviously this is dead, they're all on social media, but like door to door sales, right? Same thing. Like there is nothing worse than being approached by somebody who is obviously selling you something from the get-go and they have no idea who you are, what you do, what you need. Uh, and this is one of the key things that we teach in Level Up. Like, you know, the, the people that are posting these 500-word, hey, are you looking for an appointment setter or, you know, <laughs> um, are you, you know, do you feel you need some email copy done for you right now? And, and they, 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 they don't even look at your business. Um mm they're teaching you what not to do that the real key to success in sales and marketing is breaking through that noise and and building the rapport and trust so that you can get there um a, a really great example um i have just hired another appointment setter right so i've got a sales team uh and appointment setting has been one of the biggest issues that we've had in our business so for those that don't understand what i'm talking about someone going into conversations, DMs, chatting to people, getting them to book a call to talk about what we offer. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, and the agency that I hired to recruit this person was like, okay, cool. So we find the best way for people to work on uh, getting you leads through appointment setting is to um, have them use your profile. And they were sending me examples of videos and stuff they wanted me to create, like pretending, hey, it's no, it really is me. But like, right, so they could get these videos sent out to people. And I was like, no, nah, this doesn't work for me. Like, I don't want to have someone pretending to be me. I want them to actually be a part of my team. So we set up a whole strategy where they still use my profile because that's obviously where the engagement is. It's where people are following me. It's where they want to hang out. But the chick that's doing it literally just jumps on and goes, hey, um, you know, Luke, it's Jim. It's it's Anna from Jim's team. Yeah. Simple. So it, it builds the trust. They're like, okay, cool. I'm not talking to Jim. This person isn't pretending to be this guy. Because, you know, when it used to happen, even when I used to chat, like I'd have people turn around and go, dude, if you're so successful, why are you talking to me at 6 o'clock at night? You know what I mean? Like people just, it, it doesn't correlate. Um, and it's worked really well because they go, oh, cool. It's, you know, Jim, one of Jim's team members, she's in his profile. She's just here to help out, have a chat, learn what I do. Um, and yeah, cool. You know what? I am kind of interested to talk about building my business. So they book a call. So I think staying true and integral to yourself on social media is incredibly important, despite what people tell you to do. Absolutely. And I learned this lesson as well. Like I had someone, again, an appointment setter, someone who was doing my stuff for me and it was 
And with the advent of chat GPT, it's very convenient to do messages from there. Like, oh, write me a message to a relationship coach in his 40s. Like, and people are getting so intelligent with it. And I see it straight away. Like I see, oh, that's chat GPT straight away. Yeah. You can see by the inflection and the way that like just the certain words that are used. And it's like, oh. So with the appointment setting stuff and like for anyone listening out there from a business point of view, one of the biggest lessons that I learned and maybe you can you can add some input to this and what you mm. if you disagree or agree. Yeah. But I believe that that in order to grow a business, there's gonna have to be an outlay of of your time spent reaching out to people and actually researching them and understanding who they are. Um, what that means is like when I reach out to someone, I don't just go like I don't and I have someone that does it with me and I check it and we do it together as a team. Yeah. And we're refining that process as we speak. But I'm when we send a message, I'm like, I want to know who they are, you know, what they do, you know, what's their pain points, what might be their pain points, what yeah. they're having to achieve. And I have it all on the CRM, like sitting there, ready to rock and roll. So when we do speak to them and we reach out, it's like, hey, I just I noticed I, I'm really impressed by what you're doing here. And it's genuine, you know? The the beautiful thing about sales, if you do it right, is mm. that people will sell themselves. And and in a lot of I, I kind of laugh in inside sometimes because people, you know, one of the biggest things that that coaches that I work struggle with is having conversations with people about what they do. And it, you know, sometimes I turn around and go, but you're a coach. Like you're trained at having awesome conversations. Like coaching is just selling is really just coaching, if you really look at it. Like you're asking powerful questions to get people to decide to work with you, mm. you know, to get them to, and, and, and to take that one step further, you're asking people powerful questions to help them decide what they need to do next to get them to where they want to be, which is work with a coach. Yeah. So, you know, this is how we try to flip the mindset of people. You know, a lot of clients go, oh, I don't want to feel salesy or, you know, I don't want to approach people. And Another you know, if someone approached me trying to sell something, I'm not going to reach out to them. Like, I don't want, I don't want to do that to people. And it's like, well, hang on. Like, think about the last time you bought something. Why did you buy it? And, and nine times out of 10, it's like, oh, this person reached out to me or I had this great chat with someone or, you know, whatever it was. Like it's happening. They just don't connect the dots. So, yeah, it's um, really, really interesting to see that correlation click for people that good conversation equals transformation for your clients but it also equals results for yourself. Yeah, and as cheesy as it is and how much talk there is around it, like vulnerability is a huge thing. I really mm. believe that the modern day sales is just pure. Like if you're someone who's soft-spoken, like don't try and be like, hey, this is uh, John here. I'm looking to help you out. It's like, just be who you are. Yeah. And I know it's it's the issue with that is it's so like, well, give me the one, two, three, four, five, those type A personalities that want the approach. But so I've been in sales since 2016, right? And yeah. I worked in startups. I worked in different businesses, um, like did bathroom sales, did door knocking, did charity um, I even uh, did like uh, selling cars and things like that, but mm. on, on a subscription service. So I did all that, and I I got caught in the cycle of you know read a sales book, and I would for me I'm like in my mind I'm like I have to follow all these things here, so I'd follow the exact steps of how they said to do it, and yeah. my sales went down. I'm like, why are my sales going down for? I'm like, I'm doing exactly what Jordan Belfort said in The Way of the Wolf. I'm doing everything he said. Right. <laughs> like, I, I bought word, the fucking, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bought the Kool-Aid. I, I got the smelly thing he said to anchor your state to the right state of mind so you're in that, that powerful state when you speak to someone on the phone. And my sales were the worst. I'm like, what is going on here? 
Yeah. And I just spoke to someone and just was in it, like, and just expressing how you feel and like, oh, like I feel a bit upset that you're not, you don't want to go through. Like, I really believe I can help you. Yeah. That's, that's the truth, right? And yeah. I, I feel like that's sales got a bad rap because people become not who they are. Like they become. But, but that's robotic. the thing. And, and people can tell, like I do. Um, yes. So I, I, I consult to a couple of schools as well. And I do a lot of training on sales too. And the amount of, and, and look, I've, you know, similar to yourself, like I've had 15 years in the sales industry, right? So I'm, I've done tele sales, you know, walking the streets, handing out flyers, like you name it, I've done it. Um, and I think the one thing that gets lost on chat and on and on phone as well is when people use a script. And this is why I hate, you know, I, I give clients scripts like, you know, I, I literally give them the format and the scripting that we use that's generated me $5 million plus in sales. Um, and they love it. But if they don't tweak it and make it their own and they don't play with it and they don't actively listen to the person they're talking to and respond, it's it's not going to help you. Um, and this is why with the recent appointment setters, I've gone, look, here's a guide of how I want you to talk and what I want you to say. And yes, some stuff scripted and there's links and things that you have to use, but I just want you to have conversations with people. Like I'm not going to give you a script because I don't want you to copy and paste. That's, that's not how we have conversations. You could do that with a robot. Do you use chat GPT as a tool? Uh, for copy? Yes. So we have just integrated into CoachKit. Um, we've just integrated a copy and AI copy function. So you can type your website and then ChatGPT will actually, the AI will actually rewrite the website for you. So beautiful for coaches that um, haven't written a website before. They're worried about their copy or the spelling and land, you know, what's on their landing page. Um, I think that stuff is of great benefit. We also get people to use it for prompts for social media. So, you know, you can easily go into ChatGPT and go, hey, um, you know, I'm a relationship coach. Give me 30 questions that I could use to uh, create video content for Facebook. You know what I mean? Like that that sort of prompting stuff to get people started is fantastic. Do I use it for conversations? Definitely not. Uh, we're looking at potentially, it's actually funny, I've just gotten off an AI summit with a mastermind group before I jumped on here. Um, one of the things we are looking at using it for is uh, a Q&A type format. So instead of me and my team having to always be there to ask questions for clients, and if you know it's a weekend and they ask a question, we're obviously off so they don't get answered till Monday, we're looking at downloading all of our knowledge into uh, AI so that people can ask questions and get instant responses. That's great. For so me, I use... saves us. What was that, sir? So it saves us having to talk to people all the time. I think that's a tool for it, right? That's, that's how you use it. Like for me, I will write the copy first mm -hmm. um, when it comes to sales, whatever, and I use ChatGPT as a checker, like just to check what it comes mm -hmm. up with to see if I've missed anything. Yeah. And then I'll go back and I'll change it myself. I'll never copy and paste and that's the thing is is sometimes the AI is crap. Like I've done that before too. Like where I name sometimes it's crap. Yeah, where I've written something and I've gone, "Hey, rewrite this," and it's terrible. You know what I mean? And and look, part of it is the prompts. Like you've got to give it a lot of information, and the more information you give it, the more effective it is. But it's never going to replace a human. Like yeah, that the whole you know the world's going to end and everybody's going to lose their jobs because of AI. Um, it's it can't replace a human and that human emotion and 
slang and like all of that, the, all those nuances that make us us. It also puts a better value on um, being genuine. Like this, you can't do AI with this conversation here. Sure, I can do the YouTube copy or add some tags for YouTube from this conversation by copying the transcript. But other than that, like I can't really do much. You know, it's not going to be very helpful to have a conversation with a robot. <laughs> prompts, prompts if you're blocked. Um, you know, that that's the biggest thing that I find with clients. You know, they don't know what to post on social media. So it's like, great, ask ChatGPT. And that just instantly unlocks the block and they just start to move forward and use those those tools. Um, you know, check, checking over stuff. Uh, there's been interesting ones like I saw Alex Hormozy now, um, the way that he does his um, welcome videos for new clients is through AI. So he's recorded one video you know, going, hey, name, you know, so great to have you in the program, you know, spelling it out. And he's got an AI that will change the the, the voice and the, the facial expressions to say the person's name. So, you know, little things like that that save you time, cool. But I think I it's more be- of a novelty marketing. I think it's more like, hey, look, I'm doing this and it makes it unique. But until Correct. it's not unique, it won't be unique. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a nice segue as well because I was going to ask you, um, what do you think of Alex Mosey? <laughs> um, I actually really like his stuff. I've read his book. I mean, you can see um, how you the offer. dollars offers behind behind me. Um, look, I think he has a fantastic way to connect with an audience because he is vulnerable and because he um, is just who he is. You know, like mm. he rocks up to talks with you know a singlet and a plaid shirt and, and Crocs. Yeah, and Crocs. And I, I think that's why he connects with an audience so well because he's showing people, hey, look, if I can do it, you can do it too. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a big part of my journey as well. It's why a lot of people connect with me. Like I went from um, corporate life, massive burnout, drug addiction, um, you know, almost committing suicide to turning my whole life around and going, no, you know what, there's got to be more than this and making it happen. So, um, you know, Uber Uber driver turned um, turned full time coach. So it's it's part of the journey and and part of that story that inspires people. Uh, and I think that's a large part of Alex's journey, especially listening to his audio book. Um, it's all about you know one day he was looking at his bank account and he had thirty bucks in there, and then nailed this program, and all of a sudden he was doing seven mil. You know what I mean? Like there's um, those inspiring stories are what help people get to where they want to be. And tell me about your story. I mean, I, I wish we went through this at the start, but how did you get from from where you were to where you are? You oh, like I was. Oh, look. Um, so, uh, ex performer. So I used to be a singer dancer. Worked for Disney. Did a whole bunch of stuff um, in another life. Uh, got my MBA. Decided that I wanted a more stable career. So moved into operations, marketing, training. Um, worked with big companies in the fitness and leisure and retail industry. For me, uh, kind of like what we were talking about before, I was always chasing the money. So it was, you know, the, the corporate ladder climb, you know, how can I make, how can I hit six figures? You know, how can I get to that next step? Like it was all about chasing the, the climbing the corporate ladder and making more money. I hit a brick wall when I landed one of the, a, a big role, like, Two, two levels away from CEO and oh, wow. um, uh, my boss essentially said that I was never going to be able to take longer than two weeks off because they needed they needed me too much. Um, someone who highly values freedom, that was not a good thing to say. Um, and 
there was just a lot going on in the business that just I was working pretty much 24-7, um, you know, couldn't switch off. The That's when the drugs and alcohol came in because that was how the only way I could blank out on weekends. Um, really, really destructive behaviour and essentially came to a point where I was like, right, if I don't change, I'm not going to be on this planet anymore. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So at that stage, I was like, right, all I know I want to do, um, again, coaching, what's the next step? <laughs> um, the next step for me was quitting my job. Like, you know, do whatever I need to do to get out of this so that I can figure out what's next. Um, moved back in with my folks at 31, um, was living in their granny flat, driving Uber. That was how I paid for my coaching course and paid for coaching as well. Um and yeah, kind of started to move from there. So Level Up was built in a granny flat in Melbourne. Um, and we scaled to uh I scaled it to probably 20, 30k a month within about six months. Um it took a lot of work and obviously I was able to do it full time. Good thing about driving Uber is that you can, you know, stop on the side of the road and do work and take clients whenever you need to. Um and then from there, you know, we've created some amazing partnerships. Um, we now probably have about 140 clients. The business is probably doing a 70 to 80,000 a month. Um, so, but, but that's the thing is that, that this, none of this would have happened if I hadn't taken that leap. I'd still be, you know, if I was here, I'd still be in a corporate job that I hated, you know, just, just running that cycle and doing that rat race. And I, and I think that's the biggest thing is that people really struggle, like 95% of the population struggle to actually take that step and go, hey, look, I know there's something better out there and that I want life to be different, but it's time to stop dreaming about it and actually do something about it. That's, that's, mm. what, that's what really holds the, um, the, the difference between the successful business owners and the people that don't make it happen. Mm. And, so, and speaking of successful business owners, on the path to, you know, would you say 20, 30,000? Mm. And then you went to 70, 80,000 per month. What was, did you hit a ceiling at, at any point? And when you did, what was the workaround? Oh, heaps of times. Um, <laughs> um, look, first off, it was just getting off my ass. Like, I think a, a large part of it, and, and it still amazes me that this is the biggest gap for people. Um, I, I wrote a book in the States, I co-authored a book all about procrastination. And I truly believe that procrastination is just um, habits that no longer serve you that you need to change. So for me, you know, I'd watched every single sci-fi fantasy movie on Netflix. Um, I knew I could be doing stuff to grow my business, but I'd much prefer to be on the couch playing PlayStation. Like, you know what I mean? Like there were just those habits um, and, and the recovery from the burnout and, and breaking those patterns to get to where I wanted to be next. Um, I think the biggest advice I can give is just make the vision bigger than any problem that you're going to face. That's what really helped me. Like quitting my job, being a taxi driver, um, you know, driving driving Uber, it was like, hey, I don't, I don't want to stay here. Like there's no secondary gain here aside from the fact that I can sit on my ass all day um, and I don't want to be that person. <laughs> mm. So so starting a business and I, and I literally in my mind, I made starting a coaching business my only option. 
Um, there was nothing else I knew I wanted to do. I definitely didn't want to go back to corporate again. Um, so if I didn't start and succeed in building a coaching business, I wasn't going to do anything with my life. I wasn't going to get anywhere. So for startup people, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I, th I think from there, look, there's, there's so many blocks, but I think that's what makes business building and life exciting. Um, you know, scaling from one-on-one -on -one to group coaching. That's what we help a lot of clients do now. Um, you know, the whole ads lead game, Facebook loves throwing stuff at us to, you know, shake things up and have to change strategies and, and play with things. There's lots of roadblocks, but overcoming them is a fun bit. Yeah, and you spoke to something really cool there, which is like knowing the why, knowing why you're doing this, what life do you want, and having that vision so like that burning vision inside of you. It's like I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be broken. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be unhealthy. I don't want to be sad and lonely. You know, like there's there's so much to it. And yeah. you're 100 right. Like I, you know, I've been contemplating um, back on my journey earlier on and thinking about the times where I could have gotten a part time job. And the times I could have like, like, oh, really need like that, that security, you know? And I knew in my mind I could make the money through the business. And I knew that I, I could see the avenues, but it's like, I just need that security. And sure, sometimes it's a bright move. I'm not saying it's the wrong move, but for me, I was like, I need to figure this out because if I don't, I'll use it as a crutch every single time. Yeah. And it'll leave that kind of that feeling of like, oh, you know, I can kind of. You know, it's, I could... it's taking it from dreams to action. Like I think that's the biggest mm. thing, and and it's it's the biggest block for everybody. Is yeah. cool. I can think about it and I can dream about it, but do I actually want it? And can I actually do it? And mm. you know, it's I'm, I'm going to piss some people off here, but I I talk to so many um, parents that just constantly blame their kids for why they don't do stuff. Yeah, like I can't start my business because my kids are at school, or you know, I can't turn up to this thing because I've got to go pick my kids up or my kids have school holidays so I'm not going to do anything for the next three weeks like I'm, I'm sorry but I call bullshit like we've all got 24 hours in a day um I've got an amazing client right now who wakes up at 5 a.m before the kids wake up and she gets her work done for the first hour of her day so that she can then look after the kids and then when they go to school she does work while they're at school like there's always ways to work around it um we are so good at finding excuses for why not to do stuff. <laughs> um, you've really got to hit that stuff on the head if you want to succeed. It's about facing reality, you know, like, and mm. that's what business helps you do. It's like you can't escape from the fact that the market doesn't want to buy your shit. Yeah. And, and your team, if they're leaving, it's like, what's going on there? Like I went through a period, gosh, it's like I think it was two months ago, two and a half months ago, and like I properly went through my whole business and like, how long is everything taking? How long is this taking? You know, what's that costing me? What's that not costing me? And every business owner knows this if they've gotten to a certain point where you're you're doing that and you have an idea in your mind that's comfortable. It's like, oh, this costs this much and like this much is coming in and it is the profit and loss and like you kind of throw random numbers in there that are a bit on the lower end, a bit arbitrary. Mm. Um, and you, like, if you be honest with yourself and they have to constantly be like, no, no, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to like fluff the numbers here. Like, just be 100% honest, 100% honest. And you realize like, oh shit, this is like way more than what I thought it was. This is relief. It's this feeling of like, this is actually what it is, right? And that's what it's like with the business. And that's what it's like in life. You have to face up to what you're really doing. Another example of this is someone who's like, I don't have any time. It's like, great. Yeah. You don't have any time. Let's, 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 let's prove <laughs> I love it. that one. Yes. Yeah. Let's prove it. I like, I'm, I, I want, I want to believe you. And I honestly, I, uh, let's have some compassion. Let's, let's hear it. What is it? So let's time your day. Let's see what you're doing. 
Mm. Let's go on your phone, see how long you're spending on YouTube, on Instagram. Let's see if you can do six 45-minute sprints in a day. And let's time them and see if you can do it. Because I guarantee you, right, and I'm speaking for myself here, I tried to aim for eight 45-minute sprints. And I don't mean 45-minute sprints of like, you know, I'm on my phone answering phone. I mean, sitting here doing focused work, like responding to emails, uh, you know, creating strategies, creating plans, those kind of things. It is so hard. I get to about four or five and I'm like, holy crap. You calculate in your mind. It's like, well, that's only like four and a bit hours. How does that? It's like, about it's about finding something that works for you. So I, I've yes, got very correct. different. And look, I mean, I've I've recently been diagnosed with ADHD, right? So forty five minute eights times eight every day would kill me, right? Because I I hate um, I, I can't handle being told what to do, and I can't handle having much of a schedule. If I want to get up and take the dogs for a walk, I will. Yeah, sure. Um, so for me, it's just right three personal things, three professional things. As long as I tick those things off in the day, I'm happy. And and that's wow. how I operate. And that's what works really well for me because I can do those things at any point in time throughout the day. Obviously, I need a schedule for clients and classes and showing up for stuff and all that thing as well. Um, but it just really gives me the flexibility that I need to get to where I want to be. I think the other thing with time that's incredibly important is not just looking at short term, but time in terms of long term. And you know, a lot of people see these so-called overnight successes and they expect, hey, look, if I just buy the right coach or the right digital marketer or get the right website, I'm just going to magically have all of this money and I'm going to create my freedom business. Um, I always like to say to clients, look, what's six months of working your ass off to have a lifetime of freedom? Like that's what you've got to look at. And and that's the that's the thing is that, you know, I, I worked six, seven days a week to get to that 20, 30K a month because I, you know, I had nothing else to do, to be honest. But, um, you know, I worked my ass off and for a good two, three years in business, I worked my ass off. And sure, things started to back off as I got more team members. But now I can work three days a week and I've got an amazing team and I've built all the right systems and all the right strategies so we can pull off this income every month. Um, and I don't have to work those crazy hours anymore. So, you know, the, the freedom is created. It, it doesn't just happen. I think that's a big thing that people need to look at as well. Huge. So mm. input, but also being smart about it as well. Yeah. And, 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 knowing, and knowing that the energy that you put out will come back and it will get easier, but you've got to take action to make that happen. Mm. That's great. And speaking about being smart about it, where can people find you if they've got a coaching business or if they need business help? Yeah, for sure. So um, we've got a Facebook group called the Level Up Coach Collective. So you can Mm -hmm. jump in there. Um, Otherwise, uh, at Coach Jim Cox, C-O-C-K-S, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you'll find me. <laughs> um, but yeah, the level up formula is what we do. And we built a really, really phenomenal community uh, helping people grow and, and not just doing it. I think that's one of the other things I'll, I'll leave with is it's not just about doing it on your own. It's about doing it with the community. So it's, it's why I think one-on-one coaching is so redundant because you get such better results being in a tribe and watching everybody else grow at the same time and getting ideas from them, learning from them. It's not just about working with your coach. And knowing you're not alone as well. It's a huge part of it. Yeah. Awesome, Jim. Pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh, good. Awesome, mate. No worries. All the best.